Welcome back to Kingdom Testimony. This is Lisa, and I have been away for a while. Um, I was actually in Washington State, and then I've been home for a couple of weeks. Um, but just so many, so many things happening, changing. You know how life is. Things happen, things change, it gets interesting, it gets crazy, it gets confusing. But anyway, um, so I wanted to start a series. Now this is the podcast Kingdom Testimony. And I'd like to get some guests on to give their testimony. Um... I do have one that I want to post. It's of my granddaughter, but I have to talk to her dad and make sure that he's okay with it because, you know, she's nine and dad has to okay it. But one thing that I do want to get into now, I may have mentioned before that I am going through the King James. I put the King James on my laptop. And when I put it on there, it didn't put any of the words in italics. So I am going through, and I'm just about done, and, and, and in a Word document, putting the words in italics that are supposed to be in italics. Because as you may know, or may have wondered, when you look at King James, there's some words that are italicized, and I don't know if... Any other translations do that because the King James is supposedly the original. And they italicized words that they added for clarity to make the reading of the translation um, like this in the 1600s. So they're like, you know, we made it sound a little bit more readable and that sort of thing. And so they put in words, little words here and there. When actually, um, all they had to work with was manuscripts, especially the Old Testament. Manuscripts that, that had Hebrew words that were the, you know, Hebrew words are like kind of like a, a large thought of a word. So they took a group of Hebrew words written in order and they had to make sense out of it and put it into chapters by who said or recorded these things. So they they added more than just those little italicized words, but we can't get stuck on that. I know there's a lot of people that are like, oh, the translations they've changed, it's not, not original, it's not what God really said. You know, God has control over what he said. He has control over how it comes across, and he even has control over how we perceive it in our own mind and heart. Uh, one trusted uh, Bible expositor, missionary, missionary leader guy that, I, that I've always trusted, he's since passed away, he put it like this. There is a bunch of different levels. I think he said seven that he knows of. Seven levels. There is numerous levels of understanding of the depth of the Word of God. So when you're a brand new Christian and you read it, it's like, oh, okay, well, doesn't make like any sense. It makes a little bit of sense. And 
then you know you read it again it's like oh wow that's kind of cool okay i see where that's what we know talking about there and you know as you mature as a christian and maybe you have realized this as you mature as a christian you start to see that the bible changes it's it doesn't change but you may read it in a different translation because you know you kind of want to get a fresh look at it and then all of a sudden it starts to come alive and it's like oh this verse here reminds me of one i read oh where was that now you know and that's why you know a bible a good bible student would keep a, a notebook or a journal <clears throat> excuse me but what i'm saying is <clears throat> excuse me so the king james is I, I started out with niv then i went to uh revised NR, nriv or something like that I remember what it's called i looked at the nasb for a while um new king james i was on that for many years and then now I'm on the King James. I've looked at the Sefer and there's also a Hallel Bible. I mean, these are like um, Torah followers use those. And, and you know, and I'm, I mean, you know, like uh, saved people that want to study the Torah. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. I, you know, I'm not going to get into that. But, um, so I put this document on my laptop and I, the words that are italicized, I italicized them. And now I'm going through and I'm making them just slightly grayed out so that I can see that they were, you know, just added for clarity because sometimes you can read the verse without those italicized words. And it gives you a little better way to ponder, you know, what's being said. said. But I also read it for a while, I have a version called the American King James Version. And with the American King James Version, the King James wording is not changed for the most part, but they take out the thee, thou, theys, thou arts, and shalts, and all that. <clears throat> and they put them to, you know, the regular way we speak today. And, and it has, it's very helpful. So what I'm going through now is, is I'm just changing my King James Version into the American King James Version. And it's, it's basically, like I said, just making it more readable, but not changing the King James translation. So if he says ye, it means you. Thou shalt, you shall. That's simply all it's doing. Um, and then taking the words that are a little bit hard to, they're, they're not in our day, and changing them to the word that we have for today. So I'm going to start um, reading i'd like to do this every monday i want to start reading through the minor prophets the minor prophets of course are hosea joel amos obadiah jonah micah nahum habakkuk zephaniah haggai zechariah and malachi 
And yeah, this will probably take a long time. And if I skip a Monday here and there, I'm really sorry. Just check back. Um, but I want to read a chapter each Monday. If it's a long chapter, I might break it into two. Probably not. But that's what I'm doing. I'm starting with my my Word document. I've broken it down into sections. And I want to start with the minor prophets because I believe, all that to say, I believe that we are not only entering into the time of the Great Tribulation, if we haven't already, and I've mentioned that before, but the Great Tribulation runs parallel with a lot of what the minor prophets spoke about. So that's why I want to do it. I think there's a lot we can glean from what the minor prophets spoke about. I'm going to start with Hosea, and Hosea's you know, it's, it's quite, it's kind of long. There's 14 chapters. Um, but let's do chapter one. And I'm also going to have it open on my phone so that I can see the strongs. So if we get hung up on a word like, what's that mean? What's the deeper meaning there? Then we can look at that. So Hosea chapter one. The word of the Lord that came to Hosea. Okay, now Hosea was a prophet. His name means deliverer. The son of Biri in the days of Uzziah, Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah, kings of Judah. And in the days of Jeroboam, the son of Joash, king of Israel. The beginning of the word of the Lord by Hosea. And the Lord said to Hosea, Go take to you a wife of prostitutions and children of prostitutions. Now, the King James says whoredoms. Whoredoms means adultery, idolatry. Um, American King James chooses the word prostitution because it is a word we all understand today. For the land has committed great prostitution departing from the Lord. So he went and took Gomer, the daughter of Diblium, which conceived and bore him a son. And the Lord said to him, call his name Jezreel. So Jezreel means God will sow, S-O-W. For yet a little while, and I will avenge the blood of Jezreel on the house of Jehu, and will cause to cease the kingdom of the house of Israel. So this is a big prophecy. He's telling them, I'm going to avenge the blood of Jezreel on the house of Jehu and will cause to cease the kingdom of the house of Israel. He's telling them that the, the Israel will, no, will be no more. And it, and it did come to pass, right? <clears throat> so, you reap what you sow. That's why he said, call his name Jezreel, because you're going to reap what you sow. Verse 5, and it shall come to pass at that day that I will break the bow of Israel in the valley of Jezreel. And she conceived again, Hosea's wife, and bore a daughter. And God said to him, call her name Lo-Rahamah. Okay, Lo-Rahamah means not pitied. For I will no more have mercy on the house of Israel, but I will utterly take them away. But I will have mercy on the house of Judah, 
and I will save them by the Lord their God, and will not save them by bow, nor by sword, nor by battle, by horses, nor by horsemen. Okay, and I want to point out something here. Let me look. <clears throat> um, in the Strong's, reading through this chapter 7 that I just read in Strong's, um, the word not is not designated with a negative. So this verse could say, I will save them from the bow, the sword, the battle, the horses, and the horsemen. So just keep that in mind. And that's why I have my Strong's open on my app when I'm reading these. So now, when she had weaned lo Rahama, she conceived and bore a son. Okay, so this is the third. Then said God, call his name Lo-Ami. Lo-Amin, me, means, sorry, the wind just came up, not my people. This is sad. Then God said, call his name Lo-Ami, for you are not my people, and I will not be your God. Yet the number of the children of Israel shall be as the sand of the sea, which cannot be measured nor numbered, and it shall come to pass, that in the place where it was said to them, You are not my people, there it shall be said to them, You are the sons of the living God. Then shall the children of Judah and the children of Israel be gathered together, and appoint themselves one head, and they shall come up out of the land, for great shall be the day of Jezreel. So what he's saying is, in verse 4, he will cause to cease the kingdom of the house of Israel. He's not doing away with Israel, obviously. Israel is a people that still exists, and they will be joined together with Judah. Now, Israel in present day is the people that are living over there in the geographic land. They are also God's people. Because remember, God's people of Israel is means he will rule as god that's what israel means it's a symbolic name of jacob jacob's name was changed to israel and israel means he will rule as god these are the ones the people of israel are spiritual israel and geographical israel so the grafted in the children the the, the grafted in those of us we become part of the children of Israel. And as verse 11 says, the children of Judah and the children of Israel be gathered together and appoint themselves one head. Who will that one head be? Jesus Christ. And they shall come up out of the land, for great shall be the day of Jezreel. Verse 11 is talking about the end times when God unites all of his people doesn't matter nationality. Remember, the people of the geographic land of Israel, the heads of those people, have rejected Jesus Christ. They are still waiting for their Messiah. They are not included in this picture because God will not take people who reject the Son of God and put them over people who do accept Jesus as the Son of God. Do you see what I'm saying? He's not going to do that. 
So there is geographic Israel, and there's a lot of them over there that are Messianic Jews. They believe in Jesus Christ as the Son of God, and they are being persecuted. They, of course, will be received. Of course, they have to still observe the feasts and all of those things because they are Jewish. But those of us who are born again of the water and the Holy Spirit of God, we are born again. Jesus Christ, our oldest brother, is our Messiah. So we will rule as God with them if we endure until the end and overcome everything that this world throws at us. I hope I made myself clear. <clears throat> so I'm going to leave it there. That is Hosea 1. Um with with the flavor of the American King James Version. Um, the wording is the same. We're just we're just making it easier to understand without losing some of the important verbiage. The way they put it together was exactly the way they saw it from the scriptures in the Hebrew. So I encourage you to get the app. It's um, it's just the King James with Strong's Concordance. And look up some of those words for yourself. You know, what exactly they meant. It gives the Hebrew original word. <clears throat> it gives what that word originally meant. And that way, you know, it's, it's one way of, of reading it where you don't have to rely on all those other translations. I want to toss in there too, if you can uh, get on the Blue Letter Bible website in the Old Testament, not only in Strong's, but you can see further meanings of those original Hebrew words by Gesinius. And that's on the Blue Letter Bible um, website. Very helpful. So I hope you enjoyed that. We're going to continue and we're going to try and dig and see what, um, what these minor prophets from way back when, what they were speaking to the people at the time. But it carries over with deeper meaning for what the end times for us is going to be like. So with that, until next time. I pray you have a blessed day, and remember, your testimony is important, so you should, you should tell people, give people your testimony. Make sure they know that you are a child of the living God. Until next time, this is Kingdom Testimony.